And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we're locked down again, Casey, for a while. Uh, it doesn't seem to go away. We need to stay strong and persistent. Uh, we need to do takeout. We do. Thank heavens for uh, takeout. Or at the very least, at least uh, outdoor dining. But takeout or outdoor dining in your own neighborhood is about all you can do. Uh, so I want to just mention a couple of places, or have you maybe start with you to mention a couple of places down in your hood that you've been impressed with over the pandemic, just to uh, give these guys a hand. Well, Tony, I'm right across the street from Homer Street Cafe, and they have done an excellent job. They have they have street seating, but they also have a wonderful patio with heaters. So mm-hmm. if you go, um, their signature dish is their rotisserie chicken, and they make a mean eggs benedict on the weekend. I know uh, Stu Ferguson's been raving about takeout out in his area at the Cactus, talking about how efficient it is. What what do you see with Cactus uh, over town? Well, Cactus is pretty impressive in uh, Yale Town because they have a large patio, and if you go for the happy hour, Bellini doubles are a dollar extra. Right on. Uh, any other spots you could mention? What about uh, Chinese? Anything interesting uh, downtown there? Yes, one more Szechuan delivers. They're on Deadman, and they deliver all over the city. And also mm. Cafe Medina, you can do takeout for Belgian waffles, and there's nothing better. I must say I had a great meal from Nightingale. It's a little more upscale, but the the way it's set up, the way you can order online and pick it up is just first rate, and I think that's important uh, for safety, they've done a great job over there. So I would recommend Nightingale. Even uh, for me, it's just uh, one shot across the bridge. It's only about 15 minutes away, but there's no traffic, so it's pretty good. Pizza? Any favorites? I have one. What do you got? Okay, what's yours? Uh, well, Carmelo's, they have a pizza oven, so they've been doing a great job in West Van on Marine Drive. Uh, nice selection of pizzas there. The salsicha is just fantastic. Uh, margarita solid uh, it's a good good spot and the salads are great so that that works for me for takeout i would say pizza i would be at earl's in yaletown yeah in fact uh, in there's fact, one right behind over. carmelo's yeah earl's doing a great job super busy the earl's outside in west van is now very busy from noon on uh people out on the street sidewalk there uh, doing what they're supposed to do. So lots of things going on with takeout. Uh, I also like the Cassie Cor- uh, Casa Corsi spaghetti quattro takeout. That's kind of cool to have uh, all that going on on the North Shore. Now, Casey, today uh, we got a great show today. We're going to actually uh, uh, start, uh, start. We're going to talk to Ingo Grady about uh, what's going on in the South Okanagan, a little bit about frost protection, a little learning there. Uh, Elaine Vickers from Red Rooster, she's got a new job, and she comes out of a, a crazy uh, background, Casey. Yes, she does. She started in um, cancer research and then jumped to wine. 
Exactly. And then uh, for a change, we're going to Sonoma County. Chris O'Gorman and Greg Morthel from uh, Rodney Strong Vineyards are going to join us for an update from Sonoma County. Look forward to that. And finally, coming up next, Steve Moriarty talks a little bit about takeout, a little bit about uh, rosé, a little bit about everything from Savon Foods. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Savon Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Browse the entire collection now at SavonFoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Come celebrate 10 seasons with the Wine Experience Centre team at Black Hills Estate Winery. Enjoy our new releases while basking on the sunny Vineyard Terrace. Or become a wine club member and enjoy a wine experience in one of our private cabanas while sampling our rare Carmenere. Can't make it out to the Okanagan this spring? You can also join us from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual wine tasting sets. For more information, follow us on Instagram or to reserve a tasting experience, visit blackhillswinery.com. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our guest is Steve Moriarty, director of uh, Wines Save On Foods. Steve, how are you today? morning, folks. It's uh, great to be with you, and I'm doing great as well. Uh, two weeks of, uh, well, maybe almost two weeks of sunshine. That puts a little uh, puts a little opening for us to celebrate a bit, wouldn't you say? Oh, it certainly has. We've seen a, we've seen the the trend already. Uh, the the consumers looking for. Uh, I, I don't want to categorize it by fun, but they're looking for wines that uh, kind of support. You know, maybe time to sit out on the deck. Maybe. Talk to the neighbor from a social distance. Maybe you know, enjoy enjoy a little bit more of outside. So we're yeah. I think they'll be in the Save on Foods this weekend. I know you you guys have always been big about local, and uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry says we need to stay local for the next two or three weeks. So that sort of dovetails into uh, what we want to talk about today at Save on. Uh, 
And Casey, you were interested about pricing today, of all things. I know. Well, you know, Steve, I remember the first time I met you, and I, I was like driving out to meet you at Savon's, my first experience with wine in a grocery store in Canada, and I was, you know, very curious as how you would set it up. I was so blown away by, first of all, it's alphabetical and the number of wines underneath each, you know, it's not like that in a government liquor store when you go in it's pretty confusing but I thought it was great and I'm curious about what price points in wine are especially hot at Savon. Well that's an interesting question and um, I think categorically since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic is we've seen we've seen a reallocation of the consumer's thought process about purchasing and quite candidly the the the, the same happened in the grocery stores as people became more um, comfort meals uh, focused. We saw the same thing happen with, with wine. So we saw a little bit of a shift to, to more everyday, more popular wines that would fall in the 14 to $18 category. And today in our stores, that's, that's the, that's the number one category. It's 14 to $18. And, I, and I'll be really candid is, is that we've got exceptionally good wine at that price and our best-selling red wine is $18.99 and our best-selling white doll, white wine is $16.99 so that's kind of the price range that's that's what everybody's kind of gravitating toward today and I'm interested in I, I know it's not set up like this because the wine section is quite big now but if there was a wall of cereal on one side of the row and a wall of wine on the other side would shoppers shop the same? Like if you studied them buying cereal, would would it be the same for wine or is it a completely different, uh, I don't know, how, how does it work? I think that's, that, that's a, a, a serious philosophical question, Tony. But I quite candidly is, is that there are, there is science to the, to, the, to the purchase process of how a consumer makes a decision to purchase a product. And mm-hmm. statistics and, and, and analysis show us today that the consumer uses virtually the same type of analytical uh, decision-making subliminally, whether they're buying cereal or whether they're buying wine. It becomes more of a deselection process. And it's quite complicated, uh, but the best part of our wine selection is, is, is that because it's all British Columbia wine, is the consumer doesn't have to decide or factor in where it came from. And the fact right. that it's local, it's local, it's local. Hmm. And I know that that the people, when I've gone in to save on foods, there's really good people in the wine department. Uh, Michelle's one of them, and Jim's another. And I think they've got pretty good tips for choosing a good wine, and I would like you and Tony to maybe think about what those tips would be. And I'll go first and say, number one, consider the occasion. Oh, absolutely. And the best, the best, thing, the best tip that I could give is, is to know who you're your crowd is or who you're sharing this with and because there are different taste profiles for different types of people but knowing who you want to i hate to say the word please but knowing that i think you're you're off to a really good start and i would i have three or four questions for people uh just to narrow it down so you know what kind of wines do you like to drink and they say well i like cabernet uh franc but i don't like cabernet sauvignon oh okay and do you like young or older wines do you like uh, you know big rich style or smooth style? Some of those help you know help you sort out when you're looking for wines, but most people are looking just for a great experience with food, 
And uh, I thought we'd start with the, the num- what, what you might call the number one takeout food, since we're all doing takeout at the moment from, from Save-On, and maybe we can try and match a wine up with that. So what is the number one takeout item, well, at least how everyday, it relates to wine? Yeah, our everyday favorite for our customers is rotisserie barbecue chicken, fresh from the deli department. Hands down, that's our number one uh, product. And for me, uh, to me, uh, that goes with a very, very well to me with a rosé, preferably a Pinot Noir-based rosé, and Mm -hmm. uh, that would be my that would be my perfect meal. And you know what I like about you saying rotisserie chicken? There's so much you can do with it, with uh, you know, from a chicken noodle soup to uh, pasta. There's just so many, uh, you know. Chicken sandwich and uh, and a yeah, chicken salad sandwich is great, and you know anoki with spinach and chicken. Like it's so versatile, and you know I don't know how people have been in and everybody's spending more time cooking. But sure, nice if you can pick up a rotisserie chicken and just you know make it a real quick twenty-minute yeah. dinner. It's popular at our house when when the person who's cooking all the time doesn't have to cook that night, or we just make a quick salad and throw the chicken out. I love the the rosé pick with that. Uh, I would uh, I, you scoop me there, so I'm not going to say rosé. Although I I uh, would I would highly recommend something like the Haywire Gamay Rosé. Uh, Gamay, of course, is kind of the little sister to, or actually the big brother to to uh, Pinot Noir Rosé. Uh, just a little richer style, but in the similar vein. Uh, let's talk about sushi. I know you sell a lot of that as well, which which is surprising, but not surprising. But you you have a surprising wine selection with sushi. Well, here you know, I, I guess this is my age and the eccentricity is is that um, I love sushi. It's a very popular in my house, but I love sushi with the biggest, the boldest, the nicest, richest red that I can find in my collection today. And uh, they'll be be honest that I we just had sushi a couple nights ago, and we enjoyed it with a bottle of the Judge from Hester Creek, and wow. that was utopia for me. That well, was, you know what, a Steve? Lot of people don't like that. If I ever went on a date with you and you ordered, it'd be our last date. <laughs> well, but but you once had a guy order creme de menthe on your on I a did. first date, and you stuck with him. I'm, so I'm, I, don't I married know. him, but you know that was a long time Boy, ago. Young that and would dumb. Me. <laughs> that would scare me. Uh, well, for me, sushi. There's so many different flavors, but the spice in sushi. If you, I like the spicy, like spicy tuna dishes, that sort of dish. So I like a little bit of of uh, residual sugar. It's a very simple uh, uh, concept. One of the things I like to talk about wine is over time you understand the basic concepts, and a little bit of residual sugar cools down these spicy dishes. So, for instance, uh, a a uh, uh, a Riesling, a BC Riesling, or even uh, BC White blends, which are very popular, often have somewhere between 7 to 15% residual sugar in them. And uh, they work really well with those spicy uh, sushi dishes, so look for that. I would love a sparkling wine. And, Tony, can you recommend and, and um, well, Steve a so couple? Well, there's so many. So many. I, I, I can't believe how many people are making. Well, I do believe it because we have the right place to make sparkling wine and uh I think in the old days, everybody poured, let's say Blue Mountain, great sparkling wine, but every other winery poured it at their winery event because there was no other sparkling wine. Now everybody's making their own because why wouldn't they pour their own, uh, you know, at the event? Uh, Steve, have you got a favorite sparkling wine uh, at Savon at the moment that well, tickles I you? I got about 36 of them, to 
be perfectly honest. <laughs> One and, per um, day. <laughs> yeah, just about. You know, um, I go to the, we have some old-time favorites that I, I, I keep going back to Evolve. Uh, we have a great relationship. I'm going to talk about that. That's me and, and that, that particular wine. I, I love the Elan, and for me and, uh, for, and my family, that's just always kind of a go-to. We're almost out of time. Mother's Day is coming up, Steve. Uh, what, what, what do you think the rush will be at Savon? Will it be rosé or will it be sparkling or will it be a Chardonnay? I don't know. I think it's going to be a mix. I think there's going to be a, a, a bigger focus on uh, sparkling this year because people are at home and they're spending time with the family. I think sparkling wine, maybe some mimosas along the way. Uh, and I think a lot of fresh uh, white wines, especially blended white wines, will be very popular at Mother's Day this year. And, uh, well, you have the largest selection in the province now uh, and growing of uh, BC VQA wine. So, folks, if you're looking for that, uh, Savon is the place to go. Not only uh, do they have excellent pricing, they have uh, points, discounts, so many different ways to save money uh, on wine at Savon that just doesn't happen in most other retail outlets. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope the sunshine perks everybody up. It's It's been a tough month. It looks like it's going to be another tough one, but uh, we're going to get to the end if we uh, stick to the rules and uh, play fair and stay close to home. Great. Good plan. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, Steve Moriarty, uh, Director of Wines at Savon Foods. We recently had a question about how to listen to the show from Haida Gwaii. Your best option is going to be the home station here in Vancouver, BNN Bloomberg 1410. The signal for 1410 is 50,000 watts, so it booms out to most of BC on clear nights, and you can hear it all the way to Alaska in the north and California in the south. Thanks for listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, we have to take a quick break. Plenty more coming up on the show. Casey Wilson, we're heading down south uh, for the first time in a long time to Sonoma County. And we're going to talk to some folks at Rodney Strong Vineyard. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Experience award-winning wines at Tin Horn Creek Vineyards, open for tastings daily from 11 to 5. For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club and get three shipments a year to top up your cellar, 15% discounts, early access to new release wines, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Keep up to date with spring wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. Plus, Miradoro Restaurant is now open daily for outdoor patio dining with a new spring menu. For details, visit tinhorn.com. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. 
Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. this spring. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're traveling down to Sonoma County today through the magic of radio to catch up with uh, two gentlemen we know well, but we haven't seen in some time. Uh, Chris O'Gorman is Director of Communications at Rodney Strong, and Greg Morthel has a new title. He's the winemaker of Burgundy Varietals since the last time we saw him. Gentlemen, how are you? We're doing well. Great. Good to see you guys. Good Good to talk to you guys. We're, we're so excited to talk to you. And I, I don't want to drag things down, but you, you've had a hell of a couple of years down there. How are you all surviving? Yeah, we're doing pretty well. well. I mean, we're getting through COVID, and we hope you guys are okay with all that. We kind of feel like the, the, end, of the, uh, the end of the tunnel's in sight. And then uh, there's been some fires of late. And so that has definitely been uh, something that's affected our, both our community as well as, as the wine business here. Is it, Chris, is it, has it been, I, I, I'm, obviously it's been tough, but could you have imagined this, the, the kind of things that you're facing now and how they affect the wine business versus, say, what's been going on for the last 20 years before all this? No, no, really hard to predict any of this, especially that we had fires in 2017. We had some smoke issues and then another big, big fire later after that last year. So it's been it's been pretty crazy, but uh, it's definitely caused our whole community here to kind of band together uh, with um, businesses and people helping each other out. And it's really been a sight to see to see everyone really kind of pull in for each other. I I imagine, too, that it's 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 pulled the wine community community a bit closer to the to the regular community if i can say that or the rest of the businesses yeah it really has it really has it's uh, you know we're all just kind of one big larger community here napa and sonoma and uh, there's an old saying that's uh, a rising tide raises all ships so we're all trying to kind of help each other out and share and and then we've, we've all kind of pulled through it there's going to be a little less wine in 2020 but the wine that we made is is of excellent quality, and we're hoping people uh, buy a bottle of uh, Sonoma County wine and, and uh, support the community here. And Greg, I will never forget the evening we spent together. We had such a great party uh, cooking, cooking, and I don't remember if we won, but we should have when we <laughs> went up against <laughs> Tony and everybody else. But Davis Bynum, <laughs> such fabulous wines, and you're the winemaker at Davis Bynum. Tell us, you know, how you've made it through the last year or so. Oh, yeah, it's like Chris says, you know, you just kind of, you hold up a little bit and you figure out the new normal. And uh, so that's what we've done. And uh, as far as, yeah, and and, uh, by the way, yeah, I I thought we did fantastic in that cooking uh, (laughs) cooking lesson too. I thought we killed it. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, we'll have another day, another chance. We will, and I can't wait for that. Well, Davis Bynum was uh, is a uh, well known for its uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and since we last talked to you, you've sort of been given this uh, new title of Burgundy Varietals as well. Uh, so tell us how you're doing that. So at Rodney Strong, are you, are you looking at the Pinot Noir and the Chardonnay in particular? Correct. Yes, I'm. Uh, the 
Pinot Noir and Chardonnay winemaker at Rodney Strong, and then all the Davis Bynum wines, which is focused on Pinot Noir, but also a little bit of Chardonnay and a little mm-hmm. five-acre gem Sauvignon Blanc as well. So uh, we kind of we made that switch uh, about two vintages ago, and so whereas yeah. I've been making the Davis Bynum wines for the last ten years, uh, yeah, we're moving forward making the Rodney Pinots and Chards. So we just focus on the varietals now uh, my boss justin makes the the bordeaux varietals i think chris and i drink a lot of chalk hill chardonnay what what sort of tweaks are you making or would you want to make I, I know you can't change a wine overnight but what when you go back to rodney strong having come from from a real pinot and chardonnay environment what what are you looking at and what what are you working on yeah it's kind of a an really a, a, the little tweaks that i've um put in place really uh, don't come overnight, as you say. They come through a lot of experience, and uh, all the time that I've been making Chardonnay, I've been in the winery 15 years now, and it just gives you a lot of breadth of, of working with the same vineyards and making the same wines. And you, you over time, you come to conclusions and about what you'd like to see in those wines. And so one of the things that I enjoy in Chardonnay is freshness. And so one of the little tweaks that I've done is actually started to pick a little earlier and a little earlier. So we're picking uh, down around, you know, sugars measured in bricks, and we're we're picking right around 22 and a half bricks, leaving it nice and light and fresh. But then uh, in the case of the Chalk Hill, putting a fair amount of oak into it, which is going to fatten it up a bit. And so those two things kind of play off each other and add a lot of tension into the wine, which I think is something that really harkens back to what Rod was making a long time ago when he started making the Chalk Hill back in 1977. He Rod has such a footprint on that winery. He's been gone for some time now, Chris, but he's left a strong legacy. How 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 do you see him sort of in the stature of Sonoma wine people? Sure, yeah. Well, you can't tell the story about Sonoma or even California winemaking without uh, talking about Rodney Strong, he really was kind of the Robert Mondavi of Sonoma County, as, as, as Mondavi was for Napa Valley. And uh, we were recently looking into uh, some of his past uh, accomplishments, and we uh, found out he was really a pioneer of many, many things. He helped draw the boundaries of the Russian River and Chalk Hill Appalachians. And the, his fascination with Chalk Hill goes back to when he was producing dancing shows in Paris as a very young man, working harvests down in Burgundy, and he fell in love with the wines of Merceau. And he really felt like the Chalk Hill, the soils of Chalk Hill here in Sonoma County, were very, very close to the wines of Merceau, and he thought he could make a sort of white Burgundy-style wine from Sonoma County. And this was 30 years before sort of the Chardonnay Revolution of the 80s and 90s. So he really was ahead of his time. Let's talk about sustainability, because I know that you've been way up there. You started it, I would say, in Sonoma County. Tell us about that. Yeah, you bet. Well, when our current uh, proprietor, Tom Klein, purchased uh, the winery uh, back in 1989, very in the very early 90s, he put this as sort of part of our um, company credo about that we were going to be a sustainable, community-focused um, winery. And um, he really put his money uh, behind his mouth. and We became the first carbon-neutral winery in Sonoma County. We installed the largest solar array of any winery in the world back in 2003, and we just retrofitted that. And that's now um, producing over 50% of all of our electrical needs. Um, we're really big into water conservation and the health of the soil. 
And all of our uh, 11 estate vineyards have been certified sustainable level two, which is the highest level of certification one can achieve right now. So it's very much mm-hmm. a part of our DNA. Chris, what uh, you know, there's always so many questions about sustainability, and there's always the, the doubters and the people who question it up and down. But I feel like once you go down that road, you never go back, and you only improve over time. Is it a hard sell? Or, I mean, California is really pushing it now, but they're – they're pushing certification as well. How do you see that rolling out, say, over the next decade? Well, part of sustainability is a mission of continuous improvement. So it's written right into the bylaws. And so uh, we feel like we're going to get everybody on board. Um, Sonoma County recently hit a milestone of 99% of all of our vineyards here in Sonoma County have been certified sustainable. So we really see this continuing on in the future. And we're seeing consumers really buying wines that are sustainable and have uh, an eye towards uh, green farming. Yeah. And it's not just water or soil. It's actually people, too. There's a lot going on, you know, to, to help people in the business, you know, under the sustainable banner. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's all about uh, bringing the community together, and that involves things like uh, philanthropy. It involves um, farm worker housing um, and many other issues here that we're really kind of trying to look at this holistically. So it's definitely not just uh, – a vineyards or a soil or a water issue. I understand, Chris, yeah. that you've been calling your Sonoma County Cabernet Cabernet therapy, and I just love that during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> last year was a tough year for everybody all around, and uh, we make more Cabernet than anything else here at Rodney Strong, so we started calling it Cabernet therapy uh, with our club and uh, our biggest fans, and it kind of really kind of took off, and so you know, on a, on, after a tough day, there's nothing better than a little bit of Cabernet therapy in a large glass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we go, Chris, uh, we can't travel yet out of Canada, but just give us sort of an update in Sonoma. Are people visiting wineries or are they tasting outside? What are some of the, the restrictions or rules you're working under at the moment? Yes, absolutely. We've been able to do outside tasting for some time, and we're blessed with great weather here in Sonoma County. It's about 75 degrees and sunny outside, and so we can, and we have a large expanse from doing concerts at, at the winery, so we can put tables 20, 30 feet apart here. And then we recently went to a new level where we can have 25% indoor capacity. So that's kind of where we're at now. We're expecting that to increase a little bit, but it's an awesome time to, to visit wine country right here. There's plenty of spots uh, for eating outside, for tasting wine outside. So definitely a good time to visit. Soon, yeah, we'd, soon, love, to, soon. we'd well, love to have you guys down here, maybe do a radio show from our stage again. Yeah, sounds oh fantastic. There, I think there's a, a lot of pent-up uh, uh, people here who just want to get out and do some stuff, so I'm sure you'll be seeing us as soon as that border gets open. Uh, we got a great sunny weekend, folks. Uh, check out the Rodney Strong, Sonoma County, Chalk Hill Chardonnay 2017 in the market, uh, available in 102 stores across the B.C. Uh, LS chain. So there you go. That's a great wine for this weekend. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. So fun to catch up with you. We wish you uh, stay strong and uh, we hope to get down there as soon as we can. Thanks very much. Thank you guys. Yeah, it'll be great to see you in person. Yeah. Thank you so much. Greg Morthel, he's the winemaker of Burgundy Varietals at Rodney Strong. Uh, Chris O'Gorman is Director of Communications, both of these gentlemen working under trying conditions for uh, several years now and doing a great job. Did you find yourself missing a portion of our show on your local radio station this week? Not a problem, as our podcast not only has the full weekly show, but also all our past shows. Find BC Food & Wine Radio on your favorite podcast app and listen on your time. 
preferably with a glass of wine. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll take a quick break, but when we come back, we're heading up to Naramata Bench in British Columbia's Okanagan Valley. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Although the B.C. government has restricted indoor dining until mid-April, the modest butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery reminds you that their outdoor patio space remains open from noon to 8, weather permitting, with a limited menu and no reservations. Walk-ins only, please. For those who would like to enjoy the modest butcher in the comfort of your own home, Modest Joe's Takeout will still be available. The modest butcher and Mount Boucherie Estate Winery thank you for your continued support. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Elaine Vickers. She's the winemaker at Red Rooster Winery along the Naramata Bench, uh, a favorite spot to stop for many with an outstanding view and a delicious uh, roster of wines. Elaine, uh, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. It's not often we have a winemaker on who has completed a master's degree in molecular biology and did <laughs> cancer research. I mean, how did you make that jump to wine? <laughs> so, the, as you know, there is a lot of science in winemaking, and uh, while I was doing my cancer research in Vancouver, I enjoyed it, and I really liked it a lot, but I knew I wanted to do something still with science, but a bit more creative, and just managed to meet some right people who got me interested in wine, and I managed to widen my palate by working at a wine, like a bottle shop and job shadow at a local winery and uh, decided to make a switch to winemaking. And wow. you made quite the switch. You went down to Australia. I did, yeah. So while I was researching how to go about becoming a winemaker, I talked to some people who were in the industry and a lot of them suggested that I go down to Australia and study winemaking down there. So that's what I did. Why did they want you to go there? What 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 was the impetus for that, do you think? I think... As opposed to France or Italy? or So, yeah, so I think, I mean, I probably also wanted to study in a place where English was the first language, so my French is not great. Um, mm. And it was just before they'd open the English-speaking winemaking school in France when I was studying. And I think they 
uh, balance between practical and theoretical for winemaking in Australia is just really well known and really they're known for teaching. And, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. It's a good place to go down. Lots of wine down there. Yeah. Well, you're at Red Rooster, and there's there's a lot of things going on at Red Rooster. How would you describe what's been happening now in the last year or so at the winery and maybe some of the direction and the things that are going on uh, at Red Rooster that obviously you're yeah. involved with? For sure, yeah. It's been super exciting for us. Um, while everyone's been um, concerned with COVID and everything, we decided that we would like to rebrand the whole winery. So um, we had a chance to get marketing on board and um, everybody in winemaking at Andrew Peller. And so we are going through this new rebranding. So we're going to focus on uh, some changes in winemaking, some new bold decisions for winemaking, and we're going to have a new look for our labels as well. And, uh, um, yeah, the whole, and the whole winery is going to go a facelift too. So Great. Mm. Are you going to keep that pizza oven? <laughs> I think so, but it's hard to know because the past couple of years with COVID, we haven't been able to do food, so no. I don't know what's going to happen in the future with that. But you do want to do sparkling wine. Have you started that program? Oh, my gosh. We have started the sparkling wine program. We're super excited about that. We have two different ones. We have a rosé made from 100% Malbec grapes, and then we have a brut. That's a mix of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Wow. That's that is new. Have you? Is Isn't it the it? first one? Is it the first time you've made sparkling wine? Or uh, no, I did do some sparkling wine before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, my mentor before when I was working was Mark Windenberg, who was the winemaker at Sumac uh, Ridge, right? So he was, Ridge. I think he started their sparkling wine program there. So I learned from him. He did. So. Well, yeah, we were we were just talking about it on the show earlier today about how many different wineries now in, across BC are making sparkling wine, uh, mm-hmm. which you know makes sense to me given given the acidity and the availability of grapes. It's it's a good product for us to make, and it's nice to have in the portfolio. So we'll look forward to that. When when will they be released? Um, I believe the rosé is being released shortly, if it hasn't already, and mm-hmm. probably similar with the Brut. So we did bottle some last year, but I know we had a bit of a slow release um, with uh, COVID. Well, Red Rooster's part of the, the Peller lineup. So what? how does that work now? Are you getting to see, as you say, you've rebranded or re- reshuffled a bit. Are you getting to see mm-hmm. different grapes or different vineyards? Or, uh, you know, how does that help Red Rooster to be in, in that uh, that lineup? For sure, for sure. So, um, as you guys know, probably Karen Gillis was the winemaker at Red Rooster, and uh, she got promoted to managing our vineyards at Andrew Peller, mm-hmm. which was sorely needed. And so, between her and Ross, um, they are really able to dial in which uh, vineyards and varietals are growing well and which would fit into different brands. So, we are super lucky now. We are getting um, quality grapes from vineyards, from Asoyas all the way up to Kelowna. So, yeah, Petit Bordeaux. We're going to be making Petit Bordeaux this year. And so, yeah, we didn't have access to those grapes before, so that's great. Yeah. And what about Malbec? So, Blanc as well, yeah. So the Malbec, we have a few different sites, but our estate grapes uh, on the Naramata bench are Malbec, 100% Malbec. We just have about two acres, and that goes into... Um, our red sort of iconic Malbec wine that we're making. Sounds like and, the uh, wine yeah. club might have sure. that 
um, first. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the wine club gets to do that. The wine club usually um, helps us. They will do some pruning in those vines for us. They'll come up and help us harvest the grapes as well. Um, we Obviously, I weren't able to do that last year. Mm-hmm. But and then it gets released to them too. So and we do a few. I think last or 2019 when they were able to, they even started some of the inoculations on the Malbec. So they, I think they enjoyed that quite a bit. Hand soaring, we got them doing everything, soaring the grapes. Yeah, it was great. So I'm very curious, Elaine, because I know you were on Team Canada for Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> do you get any time to do that now? <laughs> Well, I wasn't really on Team Canada. <laughs> I was on the practice roster, and I uh, was cut just before Worlds in Vancouver. So basically that helped to make my decision to go back to school and study for winemaking. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of ultimate around now. So when I was studying in Australia, I, I was playing down there. It's just a great way to meet people. And then when I came back and moved into the Okanagan as well, there's a league in Kelowna, and there's some in Penticton, so... A nice way to fit in, um, but I must admit I am slowing down now these <laughs> days, and it's a little bit more disc golf than ultimate frisbee. But I uh, still try to get outside. So if we look at uh, uh, before we run out of time, if we look at Red Rooster moving forward, how would you describe mm-hmm. the ethos now of Red Rooster? Where you're headed with with the winery? So people are dri- driving along Naramana Bench and they want to stop in at Red Rooster. What is it that they they will encounter? Yeah, so it's great. We are really focusing on bold winemaking and our sense of place connecting to where the grapes are coming from and the wines that we're able to do now. So we're going to connect more natural ferments and we're just going to do some fun things with some of our other varietals. So Chardonnay, Sir Lee, Fudra, Aged Gewurz, Sionion Skins, some carbonic maceration for Malbec. Yeah, so the... (laughs) Amp up That's everything. That's a big Amp change. Up the winemaking. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's very exciting for us. And the team at Red Rooster, Megan and Adam are on board. Lots of support throughout Andrew Peller. And we're super excited to uh, keep going. A little bit of Ross influence as well to get us into some of the natural ferments. But yeah. And that would fun. be Ross. Be fun. Yeah. Ross, yeah. W- Ross Wise, who has a MW, Master of Wines. Yeah, and he heads right. up the winemaking down at Black Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good yeah. guy. You can learn. You can learn a lot from him. Uh, but as Ross always says, he learns a lot from all of you folks too. So it's a two-way street, and we uh, we totally encourage that here on the show because uh, information. The more you have, the better you get. Elaine, exactly. uh, r- really great to catch up with you today. Uh, as you know, we're locked in here, but we are ready to roll. <laughs> Can't. I don't know how we're gonna hit. Uh, 200 wineries the first time we're out but we're definitely going to stop by uh, Red Rooster and catch up with you and taste some of the new wines and uh, check it all out after such a long uh, shutdown period we really want to get going so keep well, yeah. stay thank healthy you. and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks Great. Elaine thank you very much okay, thanks, yeah, thank you. Elaine Vickers, she's the winemaker at Red Rooster of course on the Naramata bench many people call it the kind of Napa Valley of uh, the Okanagan, I think it's much better than that. Deserves a bit new title, so maybe we'll just stick with Naramata Bench. BC Food and Wine Radio is heard in 18 cities across BC each week, and we regularly get feedback from all over the world from people listening to our show on their favorite podcast app. A shout out to our friends in California listening to today's show.
We'll take a quick break. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a hermit about some wines. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Ingo Grady. He's the founder of Hermit Wines. He's not really a hermit, so it's an odd name for a guy uh, who's not really a hermit, but uh, we'll go with it because the wines are quite interesting. Ingo, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. It's always a pleasure to be on the air with you, too. Great to catch up with you. Uh, we're mm-hmm. we're, we're going to start with uh, France versus Okanagan. It used to be all about uh, quality and uh, who's beating who and who's better than whom and I'm. We're talking about frost today because there's been a lot of frost damage in France, and it leads us to think about the Okanagan. I know it's been below zero uh, the last few nights up there, but uh, what can you tell us? Well, uh, from this vantage point, it's really been quite benign. You know, our winters are warmer than they used to be. Our summers were always hot. But Europe, uh, the situation there is just devastating. And um, and I feel for, in reflecting on this, I feel for wine consumers. I mean, like the price of lumber that's tripled, you know, if you're building a house, um, yep. there's going to be a severe shortage of most European, certainly French and Italian wines from this vintage. You know, devastating spring yeah. frost uh, coupled with rain and snow during, you know, when the buds had already opened. And, and someone mentioned, well, you're so focused on wine and viticulture. You know, it really affects many uh, crops throughout Europe. And and it's really a devastating effect. And we're quite blessed here that we haven't even started bud break. I know you have a camera on the local vineyards. <laughs> um, hey, thanks. Yeah. We another two weeks away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's the people that, that uh, have one bud and they say, oh, it's bud break. No, no, no. You have to have 90% of your vineyard with open bud that's when you declare bud break and that usually happens towards the end of april in the okanagan we've had frost but really i feel for the orchardists in the valley who uh, you know went through great measures to protect um the blossoms you know ch- cherry and and uh, nectarine right. and and um, all those uh, tree fruits well, I want to mention that people should buy almonds for cooking because there's not going to be many 
in France, an almond grower in the south said that uh, every tree that he has tested is dead, and he's afraid that wow. he's lost the whole crop. So if you cook with almonds, you might want to stock up on them. Yeah, yeah. Be the and same with olives, other, possibly. Other as well. Yeah. Olives in Italy, yeah, Tuscany is affected. Not so much the Alpine, like the Alto Adige in Italy has, has been spared. They have butt break roughly with the Okanagan. You know, everything starts later and then happens with a heightened sense of urgency as we really get into the growing season. You're growing grapes, Ingo. What, do you have any defense, and is there any defense against a frost uh, as a grape grower? Well, the best defense is the natural defense. Not everybody has this luxury. My hermit vineyard is on a an east-southeast-facing slope towards the north shore of Osoyoz Lake. So you have built-in frost protection now it doesn't mitigate you know the minus 20 that we have but that usually sure. occurs during deep dormancy um these minus two minus three um the cold air flows like water to the lowest point so again it's it's devastating for those vineyards that are in the valley floor where the cold air settles um you see the difference between the osoyoz lake bench and black sage bench uh, a proliferation of wind machines that uh, fight frosts and severe cold temperatures all across the Black Sage Bench. Uh, there mm-hmm. is no lake there to uh, to moderate the extreme colds. Um, so my vineyard is quite blessed, and I've had to take no action. Um, and again, where we haven't seen these these fragile buds appear, uh, there's a faint hope in in France that secondary buds might salvage at least the semblance of a harvest. Uh, but our our thoughts go out to all of our yeah. colleagues um, throughout Europe. Never the same. I was telling Casey, your mind says remind me of, but I know of the 1956 frosts that were so devastating uh, in Bordeaux, in particular, mm-hmm. really bad. Uh, these second crops are never mm-hmm. quite the same uh, in in terms of. You know, if you're going to pay the big bucks for a wine, you, it's not the best situation. But uh, well, we wish them well. There'll be another year next year, but we'll see how things go. Uh, it does remind me, I tell you very quickly, of a, 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 in Argentina, I was going out to see a single vineyard uh, with the owner of the vineyard and the owner of the winery. Uh, the vineyard owner wasn't connected, just selling the grapes to the winery. It was a great vineyard up in the Andes, and we had this long chat for 90 minutes, and it was so exciting, and he was with us, and I couldn't believe I was part of the whole conversation. We got out of the car, and we got there, and the entire vineyard had disappeared overnight to frost. It was completely black, and it, wow. it it was it was an unbelievable experience to sit there with this owner and the winemaker in this vineyard at the time. So painful, and uh, uh, yeah, it's just not a good situation. Uh, we wish uh, nope. everybody well in France. Sorry, I was just going to say the show brings the challenges of farmers closer to the consumer, um, and I think um, you know I always say when you're dancing with Mother Nature. She always leads. Um, And think of the effort, the skill, and the patience that goes into each bottle of wine um, and what a bargain that bottle is at almost any price. Um, Mm. um, So I think it's it's, it's good for consumers to know, and it's comforting to know that there will be a vintage from the Okanagan uh, to make up for for those that uh, obviously enjoy uh, multinational wines. And fortunately for us, we can buy uh, French wine without the Trump tax. 
<laughs> yes, yes, we're not playing that tariff game, uh, thankfully. You know, we're much more enlightened. Apparently, we're the best country to live in, and I, I, I certainly would agree with that. I'm sitting here under blue skies. You know, it's a top-down patio rosé kind of day in the Okanagan. It's going to be 20 in Osoyoos today, um, which is ties it with Napa for the for the high today. I mean, it's really the best place to live and to visit. So we're not uh, we're not at uh, you know I mean we're not supposed to be traveling, but. To secure limited supplies of great Okanagan wines, I consider that essential, essential travel. Huh. Uh, <laughs> so come on down. Well, Sorry, Dr. Henry. I think restaurants in the Okanagan, it's just amazing how many restaurants there are now. And now in Oliver, you've got uh, Chef Steve Ray with Popolo. And they're mm. very well known in Vancouver, the family, the Ray family. The families. Yeah, we've we've done uh, pasta takeaway a few on a few occasions. It's outstanding. You know, it's freshly made that day, so it really makes a difference. Overall, the culinary scene, and I really let's let's hear it for the restaurateurs. They need to be as resilient as the vintners and and farmers all over the world. You know, to uh, to still be in business, uh, you have to be resourceful, and and hopefully you had a little bit of money in the bank uh, when this whole thing started. Um, and, and Steve is definitely someone, you know, the guts to open a new business right in the middle of a pandemic. You know, and people like uh, Chris, uh, Chris Royal at Trado and Penticton, you know, his takeaway business is uh, is is out of hand. Uh, I think uh, Ned Bell at Naramata Heritage Inn, he's open for business almost daily. You know, Emily Walker is doing a great wine program there. I just met some colleagues at Friend in West Kelowna at Annie's Beach Cafe, um, just for coffee. The patio was full. It was like plus eight at nine o'clock this morning. And, hmm. and there was all these ladies having coffee and tea. It was just a great <laughs> sight right on the lake. Yeah, brilliant. You you and all the ladies, there you go. That is so great. That is so great. Hey, the before we go, Rosig always has a smile on his face. <laughs> before you go, uh, we hear that your partner uh, has got a new job. What can you tell us about what Patty's up to? Well, my wife Patty uh, spent last season at Incomeep and thoroughly enjoyed her time there. But we're quite friendly with uh, Mike and Jody Bartier uh, of Bartier Brothers, and mm-hmm. um, they made her an offer she couldn't refuse. So she's running the hospitality at Bartier, one of the smaller wineries just on Black Sage or just off between Black Sage Road and Ryegrass. Um, like other wineries, um, their service is uh, on the patio. They have an interesting um, uh, sort of charcuterie uh, plate uh, that you can book ahead, uh, compliments of Oliver Eats. Um, but they're also very open to you bringing your own uh, meal, your own picnic, uh, lunch or whatever, um, and just uh, claim one of their patio seats. Uh, the wines are terrific. I know you're a big fan of Barty Brothers wines. Um, and again, I'm going to pitch Oliver Eats because uh, Derek and, and Sonny and his team and their team do a great job. So you can you can pick the best of uh, of cheeses and, and cured meats and whatever else you want and then take it to a number of wineries, you know. Yeah, Kismet's not one of them. The Masala Bistro is open for takeaway and uh, and patio dining. Um, so there's a really an immense number of choices for uh, for people visiting wine country um, now and uh, for the rest of the season. Well, uh, we hope we get up there soon. We keep saying that. Uh, we know we're going to get up there before the end of summer. I hope, and uh, you'll be one of the yeah. first stops. Ingo, 
Thanks so much for joining us today. For folks looking for the Hermit Wine Company, you can find them at hermitwine.com, and you can order wines online uh, from Ingo directly there. Thanks so much, Ingo. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. <laughs> yeah, have a great Bye. weekend. Bye, Casey. Ciao. Ingo Grady, a uh, longtime BC uh, wine seller, now wine grower, and uh, our uh, insider in the South Okanagan restaurant scene. That's it for today's show, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, always great to chat with you and to bring you the stories of BC wine from across the province. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we're wishing you a safe weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.